Welcome to episode 4 of the growth room. Wow, okay. I think I say this every episode. I can't believe I'm here, but I am. I took a, I took a bit of a break last week, for those who don't know. Um, honestly, just for a moment, I was going through a lot. And it's so interesting that <laughs> this episode is exactly what I was going through. Ooh, <laughs> but we're here, right? And I'm doing it. Um, as you can see, I'm not alone. She's never alone. <laughs> Jesus, don't <laughs> As you can see, I'm not alone. I have my friend, my leader at church. Oh, I, I know my leader at church. <laughs> my leader at church, but also my friend, Tola. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Um, what do you want me to say? Who you are, your name, you know. What you do? Okay. Something so, interesting about you. Let's do the whole icebreaker. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually prepped my interesting facts. Ooh. Uh huh. So, but my name is Tala. I am. I go to church with Miriam, and yes, we are friends. And yes. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm a registered psychotherapist. Wait, in the church or in life? Okay. In, in life, in life, I am a child of God. I'm also a registered psychotherapist, um, and in church I do admin. So okay, that's nice. Yes, yo guys, it's not tomato on. Sorry, it's not ketchup on everything. Oh my god, not coming for me. It is. I have a strong dislike of people like going into my bed with their outside clothes. Like if you come over to my house and you try to sit on my bed. With your outside clothes, it's over. You can't do that. You know so, those points in my life I used to iron my bed. You know, I wanna I don't have the time or the energy for that, but I'm trying to like I would love to get there in life, but I'm not there. Yeah. I do lay my bed. Yeah, I I would, I would lay my bed yeah. and I like iron like the sheets and everything and like once I did that, I would just see my and then once I did that, you can sit on my bed. Even like, I can sit on my bed. No. Like even like like I can't sit on my bed with outside clothes. I, I have to change into my change outside clothes. Change into your clothes and then and then go. Um, today we're talking about a topic or discussion or conversation that is very dear to my heart for two reasons mainly because I've struggled with it personally and also because I know what it means to be misunderstood through it and not necessarily intentionally misunderstood in that people are like intentionally trying to be annoying a lot of people just don't know how to deal with it in by themselves like when they are going through it and also like have people when people around them are going through it they have no idea how to actually like help or be of help yeah. accessible so um this conversation will be very vulnerable on my end because like i i can't lie i have it's yeah it's been a lot to get here to a point where i'm actually able to openly talk about it because i like i like my life very private i don't like having my business out there and honestly my business is not going to be out there but as a very wise friend of mine said, and she's going to watch this and laugh, she said to me that um, you can't build community without vulnerability. Mm. And it's so ironic because the whole slogan of this podcast is vulnerability. So ask me why I'm afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah, anyway, but I feel like God has prepped me to a point where I'm able to sit in front of the camera and actually talk about it. Like, not, because you know people talk about certain things, they just kind of, they don't talk about it. They don't it. talk they about talk it. They just about like, about yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Can you guys see why she's here? <laughs> Can you guys see why she's here? Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm gonna actually address a lot of like the deep rooted questions that maybe you might have, but I know I had as I was going through. So this is not a Bible expose on how to deal with mental health. It's more just two people having a conversation. She's more experienced in it because it's what she does it every day. This is literally her nine to five job. And as somebody who has dealt with it and is still like battling and like going through the journey of victory. See, journey of victory is not a journey of just battling, it's journey of victory. I have some tips and tricks that can help you. And also just finally have somebody talk about it, like actually talk about it and just talk about it. Yes. Okay, so I have a couple of questions for her. She's honestly just here to answer all my questions, to be honest. <laughs> this is a free therapy session. <laughs> so grab your water, your juice, your hopefully not wine, as it is 12 in the afternoon, but... I mean, what if they're watching this at like 8 p.m.? Okay, yeah, okay, sure. Just don't grab wine. Just juice. You want to be sober for this. You want to be sober for this. Water, juice, even coffee, just to keep you alert and I'll be... (laughs) Jazz it up a little bit. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get right into it. So just just to say, like the topic today is about mental health and specifically on anxiety, depression and addictions. And um because those are the three that i'm familiar with i don't want to talk about something that i don't know about i'm not well versed in and also that's also high area of expertise as god do have it so the first question is what's your definition of anxiety depression and addiction specifically to like porn i guess specifically well like it could be anything else um okay so i guess my definition and i'll just break it down so definition of depression is just persistent feelings of sadness, mm-hmm. of like hopelessness, if you're not interested in the things that you used to be interested in before. Um, but it's not just like one day I'm feeling sad and I don't want to do the things that I'm, I'm used to doing. Yeah, it's like for a long period of time. So that's depression. Um, anxiety is if you're finding that you're constantly worried about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even things that maybe people don't tend to worry about, like if I get in my car, will my car, like all of these things that are just like, there's no context. Oh, there's no context. Yeah, yeah. that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then addiction and porn addiction, alcohol addiction, meat addiction, any sort of addiction is just when you have a loss of control around your behaviors in regards to something. So if it's porn, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to do this thing anymore, but I'm finding myself in a position where I can't stop engaging with mm-hmm. it. So addiction is loss of control. Anxiety is worry. Um, depression is sadness. But of course, all of these things have to be like, within context. Within context, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, wow. Hmm. Honestly, I feel like I'm also here to learn. So don't think that I'm here to just be like, oh, I know everything. No, I'm here to learn. Like I said to you, it's a free therapy session for me. And hopefully for you if you decide to listen. You well, have tissues in case no, I have. I have you said you won't cry. No, I've decided that oh, yeah. I will not shed a tear. <laughs> tell that to the spirit. Don't tell that to me. <laughs> the only time you find me crying on camera is at church. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. If I actually start crying, please off this camera. <laughs> um, this is a bit of a personal question, but honestly, what led you to becoming a therapist? I feel like I just asked this one. Ooh. Yeah. I think because I've experienced my own, and I didn't really have the words or the language to describe what I felt growing up, but I think now looking back, because I experienced my own set of traumas, my own feelings of depression, of anxiety, I was like, I don't want people to feel this way. This way. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, okay, like, how can I help somebody? Um, and so my initial, the initial thing that I wanted to do was to actually bring a neuropsychologist. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about research, <laughs> like, before we started filming. 
And I realized that that, while I was still interested in like what why people are the way they are and helping them, it wasn't in the way that God needed me. Yeah, needed me. I think I'm more somebody who like I can sit down and have a conversation with you and really help you understand and discover and learn and grow versus like doing research on a bunch of people and then being like this this is what the study shows. Yeah, so, this is what I found. So yeah, do it yeah. do it what you will. Yeah, okay, so I pivoted into psychotherapy. Okay, so how do we identify if or when we struggle with anxiety, depression, or even obviously I know that you kind of defined it, but what are some things that like you know we can look for in ourselves and also in people around us and just be like, okay, here I feel like there might actually be an issue here. Like, where did the issue stem from? What what can we see ourselves like express in terms of behavior that will lead us to come to the conclusion? Obviously, you shouldn't diagnose yourself, yes, but like at least enough to know that I need to go to someone else for help, yeah. be it my friend, because sometimes people don't even know how to ask like a therapist, like my friend or my parents or even my pastor, like what are the signs, telling signs like that, let me know that, okay, there's something off here. Um, I think the biggest sign that is like consistent across the board is isolation, because mm. I think that with like depression, anxiety, addictions, other mental health conditions, there's so many ways in which it manifests or show up, but if you're finding that you're in a place where like, I don't feel like I can talk to somebody about what's going on for me. I don't want to talk to somebody about what's going on for me. Um, I feel like embarrassed or like, I just don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, mm, go and find somebody, somebody to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because then it's like, within, it's with community that people be like, hey, you know, I noticed that you're somebody who loves to do this, you love to do that, and you're not really doing and engaging mm-hmm. with that anymore, like what's going on. And so like the community that you have around you is a good sort of mirror or like not even mirror but like they're helpful for you to be like oh yeah I know I have been feeling or experiencing a lot of sad mood recently and I didn't even realize that I was in this I was, I was in this yeah. space, but yeah. I think that the moment that you realize that I'm, I'm feeling really isolated and really lonely and like I can't talk to anybody about something that's probably when it's gone too far mm. so. that's part, that's so the isolation like the extreme end of isolation where you're like you don't want to talk to anybody yeah. that's when it's gone yeah. too far yeah and the isolation isn't even like because I think that sometimes people are like, oh, no, but like I go to church, I hang out with my friends, mm. I go to school and stuff like that, and I'm not, like, I'm not isolated, there's people around me, but like, like deep within your soul, in your mind, if you're like, there's this thing that I'm going through that I, nobody even knows Most, about, yeah. um, then that's isolation. So it's not even just like, that you don't have people around you, it's that like, you don't feel like you can talk about something specific. Oh, that's interesting, because that's literally what happened to me. <laughs> That's like this is exactly what happened to me last week, and I and I feel like what you said is just so apt because I I know that for me whenever I start to go down that road of just like my brother is always telling me like where are you, why are you running like who is who is chasing yeah. because like people would come and like knock on my door or like be like oh text me and I just would take hours to reply and it's not because I don't want to like talk to them but I know that the conversation will come up and yeah. I just don't want to talk about it and I always run from it to be honest. Partially because I have been burned a little bit like in my past based on like talking about it because I used to be one sometimes talks not a lot to be honest but like I I've, I found that like sometimes people can't handle or rather the way I think about it when I'm in those like moments is that people can't handle what I'm going through and like, only me and God can and a lot of times I'm not even talking to God about it let's even give it that so it's not like I'm going to I'm isolating myself and I'm praying no I'm isolating myself and I just am either binge eating or just not like just watching Netflix the whole day and losing all my brain cells to be honest but yeah I feel like that's that's something that I've noticed a lot in myself and another thing that I would like to add to that is just like 
getting to a point where it almost feels like you're hopeless. Like I don't know if yeah. anyone else experiences this, but it's like things that a week ago or two weeks ago or three weeks ago you could swear on your life that you know it's gonna happen. Like even if I don't see it right now, I'm I'm okay, you know, I'm fine. You get to this place where you're like, okay, nothing's working out for me, my life is a mess, I don't wanna be here anymore. And like it's just you just go down this like slippery spiral of just thoughts and before you know it, you're like, Oh wow, okay, I can actually so it's so important why we need community because before you get to that point of hopelessness like people would have caught you like it's like oh i'm noticing this thing okay well, you're not gonna go and pray by yourself in the closet mm. <laughs> we're two or more gathered we're gonna pray together <laughs> so unless you're jesus going up to the mountain or moses going up to the like yeah we need to pray together we need to pray together, we need to pray together so don't yeah. confuse your single prayer by yourself I feel like as in not being isolation. Like enough of my friends are probably listening and watching and be like, hmm, Miriam, are you hearing? <laughs> are you hearing? So where do you think depression and anxiety and even addiction could have stemmed from? I know that they're in like a myriad of options, like childhood trauma or even just like adult onset trauma because there's some trauma that like people can maybe have not have have not experienced like these things or something. Maybe they had a very good childhood and then they come and one man breaks the <laughs> or you know church hurt or like something happens along the way so like what are some common ones that you have seen that made you be like okay this is really like a reason why people go into these like situations yeah um i would say relationships like mm. not just relationships with like your person you're trying to keep you with like familiar relationships relationships with members at church whether that be pastors or leaders or whatever like the moment and hurt enters a relationship, oof, that's hard, that's hard. Um, so I think that depression, anxiety, addictions, a lot of mental health stem from, from relationships, like relationship hurt. Um, sometimes people just like, and it, it, it sucks, but sometimes people just have like, the, the characteristics to have mental health, oh, right? okay. And so like, and, and I say this with caution, because okay. like, you can be somebody who, you know, all of your chemicals are not balanced, mm -hmm. and you still don't experience, experience it, yeah. mental health mm -hmm. because you're in a place where you're being nurtured in a way that's good, like spiritually nurtured, mm -hmm. that's being good. Mm -hmm. You're being well fed spiritually. You have a supportive community. Um, you know how to like assess the things that are stressful for you, and you know how to handle things. And then there's some people where it's like, because I don't have any of these things, and I have like all of the things that I need to, I don't know, be a depressed person, for example. Mm -hmm one thing will just set it off and oh, that starts like a myriad of mental oh, okay so. that makes sense i've actually never heard of that i feel like everyone that i've known or people at least you that are around me that i know maybe we share our struggles with each other have always had like a childhood like onset type thing yeah. but that situation where everything else around you is kind of like is primed for you to yeah to be wow yeah i actually never thought of that. um sometimes i see clients who despite all odds and this Maybe time. I'm like, that's why everything that's been happening to you, you should be in a far off, worse place. situation mm -hmm. and place than you're in right now. But it's the fact that they had like certain communities or people around them that the thing that happened to them was not as like they didn't, it didn't, it didn't affect them as bad as as badly as it yeah. And so, yeah. and then there's some people where I'm like, your issues, uh, they're important, mm -hmm. but they're escalated and exacerbated because of the people that you had around. Like what was what was meant to be small became big mm -hmm. because of your community and your surroundings versus in another situation what was big is actually small mm -hmm. because you had like good people around you. Yeah. Um, so I think that like I don't know, mental health issues can stem from anywhere. 
but a lot of the times it's like how how did you feel supported when those things were happening that tends to determine the mental health issues or what, what exactly will result from those situations. Exactly. I feel like what, what you said about relationships, so the part of my life where I was just like, I think I was telling God that I just don't want to be around people because I feel like so much pain has come from like people and not and this is not a shit to anybody or feeling like oh no because like, I think my own rules too but lots of like relationships like family relationships and like even just friends or family like not because my family is good but like friends or family or like you know people that you meet in school they can do so much damage to you and i feel like the worst part is that like they end up in their lives and they're okay like you're not here suffering the brunt of their actions yeah. and it's just a whole journey to be honest but yeah relationships do harm but that's not to tell you that oh you should not be one of those people that are like oh i don't want some people i don't like people because truth about it is that you really can't do life alone even if it's not with like a huge like community of people but a community can literally just be two or three people like that are in your corner and know that like you're there for them sorry they're, they're, they're there for you you can't do this like thing alone so as much as people can hurt you and like people closest to you are the ones that can hurt you the most but that shouldn't stop you from you know like actually making relationships it's like saying that oh i got burnt once so i'll never cook again Like one plus one is equals fifteen. Like be for real. <laughs> but okay, so the next question is: Do you think that there is a spiritual basis to mental health? If so, what is that spiritual basis? Like, I've heard a lot of sermons and like maybe statements made during sermons about like mental health, and some of it I think to myself, I'm like, does this person even know what it means to actually deal with these things? And this is not to say that like if your pastor talking to you about mental health is wrong percent they should because it's it's a, it's a thing that people experience and going through but some of these comments have been so off and i'm just like i'm like oh you're you're sad because you're choosing to be sad ah i'm mad i'm like sorry that one i was not expecting that like so like I've, I've been i've been in rooms where like my friends are just looking at me i'm like okay but i just take it as okay maybe they just have not like maybe it's misinformation or the context with which they said it maybe it didn't really come across like well but i have like heard some very very interesting statements you especially in church like about people that are struggling with mental health i heard someone say like oh gen z acts like they're the only ones that have like mental health and then i'm like we never said that but okay oh <laughs> I, I i just need to see the breath because, because this is my this is this is actually and god is working on me guys we're not perfect <laughs> But this is my beef sometimes. Um, kind of like what I was saying about how you can have all of the characteristics that you need to have a mental health condition. Um, and I think that another part of that characteristic is how you're being spiritually fed mm-hmm. or how you're being spiritually taken advantage of. So mm-hmm. like if you have this, that, and the other thing and like you're like so close to being depressed and the devil sees you and the devil is like, ooh, I'm going to go get her. Yeah. That's a factor. So I think that yes, mental health can a thousand percent be spiritual. Um, and I also think that it, you, we need sensitivity as like church folk mm-hmm. to address these conditions. It's not everyday compassion. Like yes, let's pray mm-hmm. together. Let's have let's be sensitive towards what's going on. Let's speak truth. So I'm not saying don't like don't sugarcoat things. Don't talk to specific issues if they are spiritual versus if they are physical versus if they are emotional. Mm-hmm. But like be sensitive about how you approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because people who also have mental health conditions are so vulnerable. And like if you're 
for example, a pastor and you're saying something in a way that is very insensitive, that person is less likely to come back to you for help. For help. And then what that does is isolation. And then what that does is devil's like, ooh, this person doesn't have a community. Let me go, let me let like let me go in even harder. Mm-hmm. So I think that we need to be spiritually sensitive when we address mental health conditions. Sorry, that was a big rant, but Yeah, it's okay, honestly, because I find that the person the only reference to you is, is that whenever the devil wants to really like take your life on that siege, one of the first things he does is to like remove you from yes. the community that you have. Yes. And it's not necessarily that you are like or people hurt you sometimes it's just like some statements that are me but i'm like because of how like burning they are you might feel like okay this, even if i come to this person this new thing that's happening i would be misunderstood yes. so as opposed to that i'll stay at home and yes. people now watch like church online because it's not like they don't want to be in church they don't want to know god or hear about god it's just that they just know that they're not okay and when asked what exactly is going on they don't trust that what they will see will land in safe yes. hands and i feel like not only just in church i feel like this this applies across the board even like in your friendship group when there's this thing that me and my friend Lika are talking about Shana, hey, Lika. um like we're talking about and she was talking about how like sometimes when your friends gather you in one room and they do this like intervention thing where you are the problem you are the issue like your mental health is the issue and like, i understand that a lot of it comes from a good place and 100 like there's only one with your friends gathering around you, okay, we're here for you, like, what's up, like, let's talk. But sometimes, if we're not careful, certain words and tones and intonations that are being made can make the person feel like I'm the issue. Like, you know, they tell us, so, hi, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. Like, yeah. it's like, you, the person ends up leaving feeling like, they, they, they might not tell you that. They will probably thank you for, like, you know, your nice words and everything that you said and did for them but internally they know that i'm never coming back here again not because what you said was wrong you could have been seeing a lot of truth but the way you approached the subject is just off but i feel like we'll get to that we'll kind of i feel like i actually want us to talk about how to navigate having loved ones who are actually strong because i feel like a lot of people don't even know what to say they're almost walking on eggshells around the people that they love that are going through this and there's nothing like there's nothing wrong with not knowing but i feel like kind of educating or like talking about certain things that you can do things to avoid seeing yeah i'm just doing i know someone who said to a friend of mine ah is he like why do you why do you always have like mental health problems and ah, i was like oh my god it's like walking into your hospital and sending someone who has cancer what why do your cells keep like replicating why you have two words? like why do you have two words? like what are they <laughs> And yeah, if there's like, if we're gonna get into how to support, mm-hmm. but I always, I'm like, listen, I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm just human as well, mm-hmm. right? So I know that when people come and approach me, even in my clinical work, I'm always like, God, don't come and use me as a mouthpiece because what do I have to say this way? Like, yeah. Like, and I'm like, no. And I also think it's important to check in. Like, and I also think, sorry, I think a lot of things. It's but okay. Yes, truth, but also like timing. Just because something is true, it's always going to be true if it's a truth. Mm-hmm. But you saying it now versus you saying it a little bit later when you've developed a deeper and more meaningful relationship with somebody, yeah. it's different mm-hmm. with more time when that person feels a lot safer with you and feels like they can trust you. If the first time I'm coming to see you and you're just like, <laughs> like I'm really not coming back. <laughs> I'm really not coming, coming back. Like 100%. I don't think you go on this spitfire like roast of da 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 da. Like, why are you always doing this? Da, 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 da. And I'm just there like, bruh. And also like, if this is the first time you've ever addressed something with me and you're coming in hot, it's different if it's like we've had many conversations that have been like, hey, like I'm noticing that this is coming up and this is how your behaviors are making me feel yeah. or I feel like I can't support you or that's different than the first time you've done something with you and I'm not doing it. 
perfection. Like, so you're the problem being this, that. Immediate threat. Like, I'm, I'm not even hearing what you're saying. I'm just holding the tears back so I can go and cry my car after. Like, girl, that's what's going like, on right now. Girl, so. honestly, like, I feel that funny. Like, because sometimes you're just there, like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And because you don't want to be tagged like the defensive person, <laughs> you just sit there and you're like, and then you leave and you are crying. Like, I think back at her hand, like snot is coming out of your nose. <laughs> You're just like, wow. Like, <laughs> and this is not to say that like you shouldn't take responsibility for the way you treat people when because there's like I think my fault. My next question is actually on that. Talking about this, there's been this like bad rep for mental health where a lot of people will refuse to take responsibility for their actions and then blame it on mental health. So this is not one of those like oh what like it needs to be balanced like we actually need to talk about it from a balanced perspective yeah. so there's that end of people just not knowing how to speak or the timing on when or how or even having compassion or even understanding to speak but there's also that sometimes you do certain things to elicit certain reactions out of people and i always say this right it's like you can't expect to hurt people and be not be there for your friends not sure be distant and every single time it comes up your only excuse is mental health because yes, trust me a lot of people are going through it and this is not to shame you or to make you feel bad but it is the truth that people are going through it and if they're still able to show up in the way they need to and even, and even if you can't being able to communicate that okay right yeah. now i don't feel like i can be this person for you in this way right now simply because of x y and z your friends are not insane people they're not going to be like oh but and if they do then that's an indication of something else entirely right but there has been this bad reputation that mental health and because it's really depression and anxiety kind of people will always say oh i'm doing it i was watching i really want to look at them i stayed up till like 3 a.m the reunion i haven't been since i haven't been done <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the wedding so. okay okay i won't spoil it but just it looks like i know what, I, I know what you're saying i i really know who you're talking about no, 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 okay, but i'm like no and like this person kept mentioning panic attacks and i was like do you know what it looks like to have i to me i thought it, i actually felt insulted i've never had like like I've, I've had a couple like i had one but nothing like it wasn't major but i've seen people have it yeah and to me it's an insult for them because how are you being mean to someone and then saying when oh, you were having a panic attack no you weren't yeah. you just like it's just so how do we deal with that victim mentality when it comes especially as christians like kind of stepping out of that place of always feeling like i'm a victim and actually first of all taking responsibility for your actions or even lack thereof uh, but then being able to still communicate that this is what i need in this season without making your friends feel like they're the worst things like they're literally the worst thing or they're not there for you as much and this is something that i'm i've done in the past not being able to communicate this is actually how i feel or rather feel like not being able to communicate in the right tone and then having people around me feel like okay but i'm doing all of this for you and you just don't appreciate it yeah. and like it actually burned a relationship that had just got to so thank you jesus but i do but like see how that can be an issue yeah. so Oof, that's so hard um yes communication i think also like let, let's say you're in you're the person who is kind of dealing with a mental health challenge mm-hmm. you need to understand that your friends your family your social support system they're not trained professionals like mm-hmm. you can't go in or not that you, you shouldn't go and trauma dump on them like mm-hmm. you need to be if you need to help yourself and then position yourself to be supported by your friends mm-hmm. not that your friends are carrying you now mm-hmm. right so if your friend is like setting up a boundary that look 
I'm there for you if it's a phone call and you want to like talk about something for two hours but the moment it's two old one like it's two hours and a minute that's my boundary and I can't support you in that way anymore you need to be able to understand that, like okay like I understand that yes people are allowed to have boundaries people are allowed to have different capacities for how they can and they cannot support me I know myself personally I'm not the friend that you call randomly in the middle of the day because chances are I'm not with my phone yeah my phone is always on do not disturb but if you're like I can like if we can schedule when you want to come and talk come and find me, mm-hmm. right? So I think that also understanding that your friends has or your support system has specific capacity mm-hmm. and letting your, like allowing yourself to use your support system to the capacity to think that, that yeah that I yeah. can. Yeah. yeah. I also think that as a person who is struggling with a mental health disorder, it's important that you communicate what support looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if I'm somebody who I'm like okay, maybe I don't, I don't like to talk about my things, but I like to be around somebody and we'll just watch Love is Blind, for mm-hmm. example. So somebody can come and be like, let's talk about it, let's... And I'm like, that's not the support that I need right now. Yeah. What I need from you is to sit down and be distracted. And, and, I, want distracted, to, yeah, yeah. and I want to do that together with somebody. So you can't get mad if somebody's like really trying to support you in the way that they know best, but it's not the way that you if you haven't even communicated exactly. how exactly exactly okay so I mean, that makes a lot of sense like I, I actually want to talk about trauma bombing Ooh. Trauma bombing I have I struggled with this in, in wait bonding or dumping sorry. dumping sorry the okay. one where you just open like you know how there's love bombing but yes, like trauma yes. bombing gotcha. so you just come and you just pull you don't think about the person's mental state before you even start it. They might not even be struggling with a mental issue, but some people jump out for ideas, right? Yeah. And like, you don't even think it was going on in their life. You just call or you text, and you person could have had, had it the best day ever, and you just pull. And I used to do that a lot until a lot of things happened that led to the dissolution of a friendship, and I had to take a step back and actually analyze and be like, okay, what exactly happened here? And I've realized what you said, like, I would like to say this, your friends are not your therapist. This sounds very, like, your friends... I'm not your therapist. Even your therapist friends. Yeah, even your therapist friends. <laughs> it's not your therapist. Your, your friends are not your therapist. Your friends can't be your friends. Some people expect that. You expect that your friends will be your therapist. They will be your friend. They will also be your parents. They will provide. They will be your, they will, they will be your prayer warriors. They will be your... Some people go as your boyfriends. You want them to give you everything that only God can give you, to be honest. <laughs> Like I'm being, I'm keeping it a book. Like this is how because you told me like you can't keep doing that anymore. And a lot of the time, we put our friends on this pedestal to be something that they're not ready to be. And this is this only this doesn't even really affect your friends, your boyfriends too. Some of your boyfriends are suffering. I'm going to be one hundred percent. Like some of your boyfriends are suffering because you are going through something that a, they might not even have ever seen or encountered in their lives. Even if you have men who grew up in very holistic environments who are not traumatized or broken they probably have no idea what you're going through and they don't even know how to help you number one you refuse to help them help you because you don't want to like actually just be honest and say okay this is actually what's going on and like account for the fact that you're also dealing with other people you want them to be everything and the moment they can't do everything you want them to do you are setting off and you're just like honestly i feel like we have to come to a point in friendships it's really Say that's Christians because then when you're not getting to the point where people will not start using prayer and saying, Oh, but like I'm just supposed to be there for me. They are, but they can't be good. You have to remove your friends from that place of being like, 
everything because even if I can be your therapist, your friend, your lover, your father, your mother is God. Jesus. Jesus is the best therapist. At least if you can't afford <laughs> to go to see like a physical one, talk to her about your problems. And I'm not saying you should not talk to your friends. You should, but you should also be sensitive of when, where, how. Like understand that they're also going through their own things and be compassionate about that and understand that you might not always be able to be there for you. And some friends can't be there for you, especially for your mental health issues. I was talking to a friend of mine and we we're talking about how we we compartmentalize our friendships and I didn't Think that anybody else did it except me i have friends that i go to that i know that okay i can say hey are you in the mood to talk and they are like okay well i'm busy right now call me later what was going on right and i'm able to be like okay you know what call me when you're free and i can like announce okay this is what's going on but i would have thought to what i want to say first and i also have friends i know that i would never go to them for a mental health not because they are bad or anything but because i know that they don't have the capacity it's like trying to fill a one like a, a, a like this this bottle will be like 50 liters of water it's not going to happen because it will it, it, it can't hold but they are friends who are graced for that and i use this word very very loosely when i say grace i don't mean that they are jesus or they died on the cross for you or they can carry on your burden and no i just mean that they are able to they have a bigger capacity than other people do especially for you in that specific season and they might not be that person in every season but they are there are people who are able to understand they might not and they know how to set a boundary where they're like okay i understand that i'm here for you but i'm not going to take this problem as mine because i have some friends who have fixed that they want to fix everything for you and sadly they can't so they end up always feeling like their yeah, efforts are futile even though it's not yeah. but because they're not seeing any tangible change it almost feels like okay but i'm trying and it's not helping mm-hmm. but there are also friends who are able to sit, get, get in the mud with you and sit in the mud with you but you also have to be sensitive of the fact that they are not everything and only god can be everything to you i you couldn't have said it perfectly and i think something else that i also want to add um is i forgot what i wanted to add it's okay oh yes okay i remember (laughs) now is that if you're the type of person who's only going to your friends when you need Mm. that's not a relationship Mm. that's not a friendship Mm -hmm. that is just i'm coming to take and once i've taken what i needed i'm I'm gone right so i think that if you find yourself in a dynamic where maybe there's a group of people or a specific person that when you are feeling down down mm-hmm. when when you're feeling the feelings mm-hmm. they're the only but you don't during the week you don't check up mm-hmm. on them you don't go to their birthday parties you don't even pray for them you don't know anything that goes on really in their life. life but when you need that's not a that's not a relationship right. that is just that's i don't know what that is but it's not a relationship i'm the only person that can handle that's good even God doesn't want that though. He, like he doesn't want that, but if, if he needs to handle that for a bit of a season to help Yeah. But like I'm saying that even that has the capacity to even handle yeah. like even he doesn't want that. So that should tell you that your friends do not want that. Yeah. That thing where you remove yourself from everybody's life and then you resurface when you need help and then you leave again. There's nothing wrong with asking for help when you need it, yeah. but you also have to take into account. So when your friends are getting upset at you, don't play the victim and be like, Oh, they don't understand my what's going on. They just they they are tro- no. They're not traumatizing you. You have traumatized yourself. Like it sounds really, really bad, but the truth about it is that you have burned bridges. People who are actually genuinely willing to help you are now scarred because it's like you only come to them when they can't even call you when they have good news because they are afraid of is she like yeah. will I upset her by saying something good? Like you ought to sit with yourself and actually ask myself, this is actually how my friendships are. Do I only go to my friends for help? And sometimes if you're not sure, ask your friends. Be like, okay, do you think that I'm actually there for you in the way that need me to be right and if your friend is understanding and compassion you'll be able to tell you okay i don't think you have me but this is because maybe you're going through 
xyz mm. and i understand but because they understand does not mean that you should not make an effort because a lot of us and the same thing with your boyfriends and in your relationships because your boyfriend understands what you are going through and so you're not able to go out on dates or you're not able to be around him and his friends does not mean that you should not try to make an effort mm. you still should because at the end of the day you are in a relationship with these people and their emotions matter just as much as you think yours matters their, their mental health too also matters just as much as you think yours matters too right so you know you're in a place where you feel like you actually can't be that it's okay to communicate that it's okay to be like okay guys i don't think that i can be there the way that you need me to for these reasons but i'm still here though if you need me i'm still here but i don't think i can you know be as handsome and there's nothing wrong with that right but don't just only be going when you're like an atm machine you put your card you get you put your card one day we finish I, I also want to speak to because you mentioned like the fixer friends. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're finding that you are like the fixer to fixer to a bunch of other people and relationship dynamics, I feel like that's like you need to go and assess what's going on for you mm. because you're and maybe this is a little bit direct and I don't mean it to be like hard or direct, but you're just as complacent in what's going on as the person who keeps coming and trauma dumping on you. Mm-hmm. Like if you feel like you're in a place where why can't you set boundaries? What what does it mean to set boundaries with somebody? Yes, they may react or respond in a way that is like create some tension. But I feel like if my friend came to me and was like, "Look, Paula, like I understand what you're going through, but I just I I, I don't have my chasm for yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I, I I have enough faith in my friendship that like okay, I know that the place that you're coming from is not to be malicious or is not to be disrespectful or is not to be mean. But you're actually doing this number one to protect yourself, great to protect our friendship as well and to protect my own mental health. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you also want to do is go to a friend who's like really wants to genuinely help you but they're at their wit's end and then they just say something off the cuff and then that's how a very yeah. good and loving relationship just like just dissipates exactly. and it takes a lot to restore that friendship because when that happens a lot of things are left to the imagination it's really when there's when there's no communication between both parties there's this disconnect of one person is feeling like when i need her she wasn't there and the other person is feeling like i did my best to be there for you but it was too much on me right so i feel like to avoid getting to that point with your friends honestly really and truly it's it's good it's good for you to take a step back and even ask because sometimes people will not tell you for fear of how you might react or how you might feel but it is taking a toll on them and you have to acknowledge that because if you don't you end up losing friends who are good for you because you have refused to understand that that people also have emotions and we don't need to be direct or to be like hurtful or to make you feel like okay you're the problem but if you do not learn these things, and this is the reason, this is these are part of like the vulnerable conditions that we need to have, the deep ones that we don't really necessarily like talking about. No one wants to feel like they are the problem, especially when they are going through something as deep as like mental health disorder. But it would be a disservice to me, and also to, like sorry, it would be a disservice to you if I sat here and it, and I acted like you are always in the right, everything that you do is right. Because sometimes you can hurt people using your own trauma, and that's like that doesn't work out. Taking from somebody who did that in 2021 i feel like i lost almost all my friendships because of that this this exactly what we're talking about trauma bonding just coming to someone and pouring everything without thinking of how they are feeling you know just not accounting for the fact that my friends are not good and they can they can only do so much having friends who literally felt like they could only work on the eggshells around me because of they were scared that one thing they say will set me up like that's not that's not the way to live i've i've been in friendships now where i'm able to communicate freely and they're able to understand and trust me having that life is not fun because one day you will lose all of them and it's not it will not be because they are bad people it will simply be because 
did not do what you needed to do and i had to learn the hard way so i've learned so you don't have to learn like you don't have to experience it so if you need to take some time out if if you're afraid of doing it by a text invite them to your house make food mm. be like i want to talk about this i want to know if hard conversations is a fact hard conversations are genuinely go better over food, over food. like yeah. invite them to your house cook even go out to dinner have a journal with you that you write down every every question you want to ask if tears needed needs to be cried cry the tears because the, your friendship is far worth more than whatever it is that might be going on so honestly like and it's only just this year and what two years now that some of these relationships are being restored like fully because it got to a point where i just i drew a line for their sake where i was like i'm not going to talk about this i'm not going to do it because i know that i'm not ready i don't know how to do it just yet and i don't know how to do it well so i'd rather not so i had like only one person i even had i didn't even tell her everything or i would call her and be like i want to tell you anything but if you know you're not willing to like talk you don't want to talk about it right? so there are things like that so honestly before you get to a point where you're having to restore you're having to catch up on two years of just you know what two years of just is two years of people know, get married have children have children and you're missing out on all of that because of things that you could have handled better honestly like make the decision to do better and to be better yeah. and something that i think is so important because i think that there's a fine line between i'm isolating myself in in terms of protecting my friends mm-hmm. versus i'm having meaningful conversations with my friends and understanding what their capacity is and then we're choosing to go in a different direction mm-hmm. right because you could just say well i'm protecting my friends and therefore i'm going to not talk to anybody mm-hmm. and then boom you're in a very vulnerable place mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. versus your friend can be like yeah i don't have the capacity right now to help me handle this situation but number one maybe i have some resources or i know somebody somebody who can help spoke to mm-hmm. someone or i know you people have rich friends look you don't have money for therapy go find yourself a therapist okay pay. <laughs> like that is still support right it doesn't have to be like even like even because i've had like spiritual people like above me be like okay i'll pay for your therapy mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like oh just go and get healed no because they knew that they didn't have the capacity mm-hmm. like my pastor can pray with him for me and he has but like there's there's the same place that like you actually like have to actually make that decision for yourself to get better like making that decision for yourself which brings me to my next question do you think that therapy okay do you think therapy and prayer which mutually exclusive in terms of overcoming like, mental health issues what is it mutually exclusive like it's either it's a therapy or, or like prayer, prayer. Ah, they're not mutually exclusive <laughs> go and pray go and pray <laughs> because it's from the place of prayer that god will give you clarity on how to go and do, do these do these different things mm-hmm. right pray and go to therapy and if you need to take medication mm-hmm. and talk to your support system mm-hmm. and talk to your pastor and fast it's not just one do, mm-hmm. do it all mm-hmm. do it all but first of all go to a place of prayer because i think that again that brings a lot of clarity god reveals oh this person might be a good person for you to go and speak to about this specific wow. thing and like mm-hmm. they'll have wisdom or god will be like this is a therapist child that you need to go on that you need to go and talk to like 100%. or this is the, this is the past this please just pray pray just pray Prayer leads to all of these other things. And don't not pray or don't not follow through with the clarity that you get in prayer. Mm. So it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm praying. Good, good. That's a good first step, but take what next? Steps. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. next? Okay. That makes sense. Like, that thing that you said of having people who, I, like, I literally thought about it when I, as I was prepping, no, not prepping, but like, I was thinking of the episode. And, like, there's something that made, that, like, that dropped in my heart that I knew that I could relate to because, the same times when I have been struggling and I just didn't know 
able to talk to about it not because there was a lack of people but because i wasn't sure exactly who could handle it in that moment so i, I was like okay god help me and that help came in by just a random somebody that i'm not necessarily even that close to but we have enough of a rapport to talk yeah. and they come and they just give me the biggest hug and it's almost like i melt i just start crying and i don't even know why in my head i'm like oh god not again but on the outside it's like my whole body's betraying at me and it's telling me okay you actually need this and we just talk about it and i don't i might not necessarily go into like the deepest of details but they're able to say a word to me that just sinks in my spirit and honestly i would say that like she said like i completely 100 percent agree with everything that you said i didn't even think about fasting and you see spiritual no. people you see can you see that but I didn't even think <laughs> I didn't even think about fasting like for like your mental health for 100 percent like the the whole nine yards, the whole package you can't do because I I was thinking about it and I was telling God like what do you like is it only because I know it's not only by prayer because I've prayed and <laughs> and I've also only like gone to therapy but I I found that talking to people going to therapy praying going to church every Sunday mm. at the barest of the barest minimum like and this is just the barest of the minimum right. like Sometimes but there's work. something about there's something about being in a room with other believers worshiping the, and there's there's a moment in time where God can literally just grab you there like just grab you there and everything that has gone on the past week will just make perfect sense like it's just you just get clarity as to why you're feeling what you're feeling but sometimes that pastor will tell you if you're dealing with mental issues come out and you just have the boldness to come out and you you are equipped for what you need what you need right so there's things like that and this and all of this is not is is, is not to diminish the potency of the power of god because with just one touch i promise you there are people who i've heard and maybe i like i didn't remember like but i've seen their testimonies where they're like they struggled in like chronic like depression like as they were at the point of okay i'm wrapping this up like let's wrap up this whole world thing but they just got invited to one church one time and god touched them and they left completely different people so this is not to tell you that god can't do it but there are people who that is their testimony and there are people who have to go through the rugged you know process but that process will ultimately make you better so don't and i think that one thing that i struggled with when i started rather when i actually came to awareness of this is that i used to feel like there are people missing everything that i wasn't saying <laughs> it sounds bad but i remember the first time even on mine had to like call i was so upset that she called i was like that's why you're right why would you do that i was so upset because i was like to me it just feel like it just felt like i was i was saying that you're my person and maybe that was just Nigerian in me because you know how we joke about all these things saying this person belongs in Yama left stuff <laughs> stuff like that and I just felt like I was, I was admitting that it just felt like somebody had put me like you know one of those bar, like those yeah, outfits where those straight suits straight jacket yeah. I literally just felt like that that was what I looked like but that stigma had to God had to break it because he was like my dear <laughs> you don't go <laughs> you will stop <laughs> no, and that's another sorry, slight tangent. That's another reason why I think that God pivoted me in terms of my like career. Because mm-hmm. I'm thank God for my positioning. I'm a black Christian woman. I grew up Nigerian where the stigma around mental health is so yeah. like it's it's, it's lit. It's like, hot stigma. <laughs> I'm 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 privileged enough to be a leader at a church. To say that I'm a therapist me just existing is breaking stigma it's, by the grace of god 
Do you, like, do you guys like, like and I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a therapist. 100%. I, 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 I love God. I love Jesus. I believe in the power of God. And I also do therapy. And I've also been to therapy. So, like, just that alone is able to help someone know that, okay, you know what? I'm not alone. Like, I'm not alone. And I can find people who can relate. Because I find that there's been a disconnect sometimes when I'm, like, when I was in therapy for, like, in school, I had. Like I had to talk to a white <laughs> Gen X <laughs> man, <laughs> and half of the things I said he could not translate. Yeah. Like it wasn't even, and I, I could tell that he wasn't even trying to be like he was just quiet half of the time because he would ask me specific questions, but there were things that I would mention and things that at least somebody who grew up in an African home, not even just Nigerian, an African home period, African Jamaican home, will even tell you, okay, this is actually like. And you can see it and it will not sound foreign to them because yeah. they know. But this man like had no bearing as to what, what exactly to do. I've had it with white women, but the one time I actually had like it wasn't necessarily like it was counseling, it was a question counseling, but she like specialized in like mental health like, issues and stuff like that. I spoke to her, she was a Nigerian woman, like a mom, but she was somebody who had gone through life and also had also like helped other younger girls like navigate some of the issues that I was going through. And I promise you, that's like that was the best I felt in that moment because it really helped me a lot. It helped my thinking. She helped me navigate a lot of like these things that I was able to understand about why I felt the way that I felt and like how to even go about navigating these things. And she just trust trust first person who actually introduced me to going out on a date by myself. I didn't even know I could do that. She asked me to do that. She asked me to go do my nails. Like these are things that to you might sound really really small, but. That was a lot for me, a big step for me to actually take to decide that randomly I'm going to go in the middle of a restaurant with my phone on Netflix just eating. I didn't even know I could do that, but I started doing that and it gave me more confidence. Like it really helped my self-esteem. There were so many things that I could speak to her about that I felt like I could never have spoken to anyone else about. So I feel like that if you know you are especially a black woman of African or Jamaican descent. Yourself a favor and find yourself somebody you can relate to an extent, even especially if you're a Christian. Because when you don't have something about the Holy Spirit, and somebody's just looking at you, they're like, like writing something down. No, and then asking you to do yoga. <laughs> no, but it's true because I see a lot of like clients that look like me, they be talking about the Holy Spirit, they be talking about their three day fast. I'm like, yeah, no, like I definitely understand and I support, and I can even like we pray in sessions together, we like, um. You know, sometimes I'll drop like, oh, well, like, look at this Bible verse, or like, what is this? It's just, it's, it's, it's nice. nice. And that, again, that's not to say therapy or Christian counseling replaces prayer, mm-hmm. but in the presence of God. Presence of God is There's in the therapy of joy. Presence of God is in the therapy session. Presence of God is when you're praying in the on the mountain. Presence of God is when you're in church, just worshiping. Presence of God is when your pastor's talking. Presence of God is when you're like, with your friends. friends yeah. And- they're just asking you how you are and you're able to just be like this is what we're going through and our friend has that one thing to say that just feels like well okay thank you you know the presence of god is everywhere so don't think that therapy is just this thing that is because i find a lot of people just kind of be like okay i'm going to therapy but it's so isolated from god and like just your christian work and journey with god god cares about your mental health so more, more, more than you even think that he does so yeah there's that too so um this video is running long, so we're going to make it two parts. Ooh, wow. <laughs> we're going to two parts. Um, we're going to wrap up the first part, and then you're going to have to go to part two. And in part two, we're going to be talking about you know, practical things that 
you can do as someone who struggles with mental health or someone who has people around them or loved ones who are actually struggling and things that you can do to help them and also help yourself. But to wrap up this part, I have one question, actually two questions. The first question is, in my experience, right, I always used to tell people that for me, depression feels like I'm my own up a lot of the time. And even like addiction to like porn, it literally feels like I'm my own up, like I'm the one who is fighting myself. Like it doesn't even feel like sometimes it doesn't feel like it's the enemy doing these things to me. It just feels like it's me. Like it's a battle in my mind that I'm fighting and it feels like I'm fighting myself. And the Bible does see like, you know, you have to like kill the flesh and like die to your flesh and die to yourself but it just feels like my mind has been captive <laughs> that's the experience like but how do you go about navigating that like to the process of victory and this like this is just things that maybe you have to set people that have helped and like help them kind of navigate that mental struggle and battle within themselves something key that you said a lot of you said hi mm. where's me it's me and the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's me and the Holy Spirit fighting this battle. It's me and God fighting. It's not. I, I'm not fighting anything by myself because who am I to fight anything by myself? <laughs> so I think really, 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 really understanding that mm. first of all, it's not you mm. doing everything by yourself. You're you're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Um, and talk about it. That's the part that because and again, no shade to our our church folk shame i'm like are we the agents of shame or is the devil the agent of shame because i can't go and talk about something and then feel like the people at the pulpit themselves themselves are, are like looking down at me like yeah, why are you doing that yeah so i think that number one knowing that you're not in it by yourself mm-hmm. and the moment that you feel like you're in it by yourself it's over yeah. <laughs> partner with god not even partner with god let God partner with you. Let God even lead you, yeah. to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, can you guys see me? I'm learning. So, I hope you're taking down notes. I hope. Um, the last question for this part is, this This one is, <laughs> it's a bit ticklish, you know. Um, do you think that the church, and just the Christian community as a whole, has done a good job of helping those who are struggling with these issues? And just equipping them with the right things. Like this even goes past like anxiety or depression. Because a lot of people think that mental health ends at anxiety, depression, and addiction. There's PTSD, there's like there's so many, like there's a myriad of issues. DSM five is like a whole ah! <laughs> Is there a whole booklet, bro? A booklet is an understatement. It's it's a lot. And this it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So do you think that the church has done a good job or rather because I, I don't mean it's the bash because a lot of people just sit on their couches and be like the church, the church, forgetting that we are the church, we are you the are church. I at the church. Yeah. So, but I feel like in the, like in, like maybe church leadership. What are some things that maybe for a pastor, or a team lead, maybe a pastor might not watch this, a team lead who's watching that can actually like what are some things that you feel like they can do to help, or in your opinion, have we done a good job or have we just yeah? Um, oof. No, you're know your capacity um and also understand that like nobody genuinely chooses to suffer with mental health mm-hmm. i also think that like we are doing better as a church community i think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of dialogue that is happening now and leadership and pastors and all of these people are being becoming more aware mm-hmm. um i also think that it's important that like 
for us to integrate, and maybe this is a big ask, but for us to integrate like, I don't want to say sensitivity training, but just training into like the training that people get in leadership. Mm. So I'm not saying go and get a whole degree in like psychotherapy, yeah, yeah. but like know how to address and talk about these issues and also know that if you can't, like build yourself a resource toolkit. You know, mm. like for example now, if you're a pastor and you're like, <laughs> Mental health is not my forte. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. But here is a list of vetted people that I know could be of help to the church, you, yeah. right? And so I'm going to go and consult on this, like whether it's the pastor themselves or the leader person consulting themselves with mm-hmm. these people, and then coming back to address the issues of the like congregation member, or whether it's them being like, I'm going to support you in the best way that I can, which is for me to like outsource this. Outsource this, yeah. Uh, because yeah. as your pastor, as a leader, I can go and pray for you. I can go and check up on you, but I can't do certain things for you because it's not within my capacity, mm-hmm. and it's okay for me to like understand that and okay. to bring somebody else who could. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's good, and also to talk about it. Like, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful for the church that we go to because I think that we do a really good job of talking and addressing and praying for mental health. Mm-hmm. Not just praying when somebody's like, I'm going through something, mm-hmm. and we just pray in the closet. Like, from the pulpit, we pray about, we pray about our about it. We're mental health. About, we pray yeah. about mental health in the city of Ottawa. Like, we pray about these things from the pulpit. Number one, I think that that also lets people know that, okay, this is a safe space for me to go and talk about my mental health. Mm-hmm. And again, like, sure, maybe our pastors or, and not specifically, but like, sure, maybe pastors or leaders, they may not know what to do specifically, but they can go to their place of prayer, pray about it, and then God, God will like tell them, okay, this is what yeah. you should do, this is what you need your congregation yeah. in terms of help. Yeah. But okay, that makes sense. Um, this brings us to the end of part one. I'm not even going to do like an ending thing because we're going to be back. It's just us cutting the video short now so that we can address more so that we're not like trying to yeah. touch everything up in time and all of that stuff so i hope you genuinely enjoyed part one send this to a friend of yours who you know is struggling or has a friend or a loved one who's struggling because i believe that they will be the better for it not because it's us speaking but i feel like a lot of the things that we share i know i've learned a lot but a lot of things that we share are things that god wants people to know about practically and also like spiritually so yes this brings us to the end of part one we'll see you guys in the end of part two bye, bye. Thank you.